Chapter 1 A Cloister for Demons Loudon, France, May 1st, 1632, Parish of St. Pierre du Marche. The convent had become a prison of sorts, and the Mother Superior sat awake staring into the darkness as the other women slept. She had been fighting the entity within her for days and felt she would soon fall victim to control of the demon. A light tap on the small shuttered window caught her attention, and as she slowly opened it, she was met with the figure of a man standing there in the shadows who whispered, Sister, this is all I can offer to aid you. Study the marked leaves of this book and do so tonight. It can be your salvation. The shadowy figure then handed her a small beeswax altar candle and leather-bound book. As he raised them both through the window, the candle's flame shone brightly on the book's crimson cover. In the flickering light, she could distinguish a fearsome dragon sitting atop a more familiar emblem, the triple crown and crossed keys of the Pope. Bless you, sister, and God be with you, was all the man said as he quietly shrunk away into the darkness. Sitting nearby, in the cold of the sparsely furnished rectory, the three men of God were huddled together near a dying fire and struggling with their task at hand. Fathers Tranquille, Lactance, and Serene, of the Capuchin, Franciscan, and Jesuit orders respectively, each an expert in exorcism, now comprised the trinity of hope that had been assembled by the Cardinal to rid the village of its demons and to investigate the claims made against their fellow priest, Father Grandier. There must be a way to stop this now, Father Tranquil. We cannot wait much longer. The sisters are severely afflicted and seem to have lost all control of their senses. The possessions grow more acute by the hour, so pray tell me what the bishop has decided, demanded Father Lactance, almost frantic at this point. It is true, my brother. We must do something, and do so quickly. The bishop has approved the exorcisms, but sends a message that we must perform them publicly, Tranquil replied. Father, the mother superior, Jean d'Agnès, seems to be possessed by a demon that is a leader of the others, and while she is battling in a most righteous way to control the depravity, might I suggest that we begin with her, added Father Seren, as he placed a log on the dwindling flames, causing a small eruption and shower of embers briefly illuminating the troubled face of Father Tranquil. The priest had been observing the bedeviled women in their confinement for three days, periodically bringing them into the chapel and learning as much as they could about their calamity. For each of those long days of demonic observation, they had eagerly awaited the blessing of the bishop to perform the rites. The demons would now be exorcised, and that was welcome news, though none of the holy men would have ever chosen to do it publicly. A spectacle was the last thing needed in Ludan, a troubled town already on the threshold of satanic hysteria. However, 
It was not their place to question the bishop, but only to do as he instructed. There was no time to waste, and so, for the remainder of the night they conferred and orchestrated how they would each play their own specific roles in the public exorcism of the Mother Superior and the other sixteen nuns that must be performed the very next day. The town of Loudun had been rampant with tales of the devil and demons for many, many weeks, even before the nuns were sequestered. The nuns, now restricted to the living area of the convent, were safely locked behind a door, to which only the convent caretaker and Father Tranquil held a key. The sisters were allowed in the chapel once a day, and only one troubled soul was granted admittance at a time. It was in this chapel that the nuns received their holy examinations and treatments offered by the three visiting exorcists while they had awaited further instructions from Rome. Keeping the outlandish acts that the nuns now performed on a regular basis hidden away from the frenzied villagers was certainly what Father Tranquil held first in his mind when he had ordered their seclusion. That was why the insistence of a public exorcism by the bishop was so disturbing and considered by all three priests to be a horrible misgiving on the part of his eminence. The three priests agreed that if they could perform the exorcisms in the town square as soon as possible and without an official announcement, it might limit the number of curious onlookers. While they must of course send urgent messages to other church officials in the area, their task would be easier with fewer townspeople in attendance and they would still be honoring the wishes of the cardinal to conduct the rites in public. In a town such as Loudun, however, one could only hide away a secret for so long. The caretaker of the convent had overheard the priests as they talked in the rectory and stopped to listen as they contemplated their strategy. Leaving the convent with his workday complete, the caretaker hurried to his own personal sanctuary. After all, it was his normal hiatus before continuing home to his good wife carrying with him a vicious thirst and the word of the church's intentions to exercise the nuns. He reached the crowded tavern to share a few pints of ale with his friends. The people of Loudun had been waiting for such a day, and within two hours' time the news of the upcoming spectacle had spread faster than the worst of plagues throughout the uneasy moonlit village and its neighboring hamlets. <laughs>